All right, welcome to episode 53 of the Bobbycast in the house with Jake Owen. Good What's to, up? Good to see you, buddy. It's good to be here, man. Uh, you texted me about an hour and a half ago saying you were bringing juices over. I don't see any juices. Well, I saved the story to tell you because um, I've had a crazy day today. So I, I uh, woke up, or I was excited about this, I will tell you. To just like kind of see you outside of the whole realm of yeah, you never been to my house, huh? Never have. Well, I haven't lived here very long either, though. I haven't. But something too is like I think too like about going into the show on your show as great as it is, like like you know today like I showed up here like I don't have anybody with me. You know what I mean? Yeah. With all due respect to the people around me and in and, and the label and stuff, like sometimes for all of us artists, I think I speak on behalf of like you sometimes go to that show and like you've got so many people around you and they're trying to tell you things like you don't know, like you've never done this before, like I don't know you or you know what I'm saying? And it always seems like it's kind of, you mentioned long form earlier, it's more of a short form kind of short interviewee kind of thing. It's never really that comfortable. So I was looking forward to getting comfortable in your chair at your home, man, and chatting with you. It's uh, thunderstorming outside too, so it is. the ambiance is there. Okay, so, so back what's, to my what's the juice story? So all I, I know is about a bit ago, Jake sent me a text. It was, "Hey, I'm coming over. Yeah, I'm gonna stop and get you some mint." You know, no, no, no. Grapefruit. The, the text was, like "Do you like juice. grapefruit juice?" And I replied back, "Not really, but do you mean quote grapefruit juice?" Because then, nah, not, not really. Uh, which was funny. But uh, see, my mom raised me. When you go to someone's home, uh, you you know, it's like nice to take a gift. And I was like, well, you're a healthy guy, and I like juices, and I had to go there. Anyways, grab some juice today. I thought you'd like some juice. What I like some juice? I like grapefruit juice. Just be, I'm a Florida guy. I like that citrus. But they sometimes the grapefruit juice can get a little acidic, so they throw that uh, mint in there to offset it. They make them in a nice carafe. So I had her make a grapefruit. Have you? Tr- they, she said, uh, you have not tried charcoal water, which I highly recommend. Wait, who said that? How does somebody know what I've had? Uh, well, there's a girl there uh, that owns the place, and I guess Nada and a few other people have gone there before and picked you up some juices. Interesting. And I said, have you ever had, has he ever taken some of the charcoal water? She said, I don't think he has. So I add you a thing of mint, charcoal water, and then cashew milk, which is great. I'm not sure if you're a cashew guy, but I figured to give you a different choice. And uh, Where are all these toys? It's like, you know what I was going to get you for Christmas? A Wii? <laughs> no, no, but, but here's the, this is the thing, man. Okay. And I thought about like making up an excuse as to like why I couldn't. And then I'm like, this is the honest truth. Go for it. So I called her. That's how I set it all up. Was ready to go there today. Well, my dog, I thought, ran off because I was in the studio doing some singing in my house. And I looked everywhere for him. Got in my, Drove down the road, was screaming. And uh, he was locked in my bathroom downstairs in the in the uh, garage he'd locked himself in there which I never looked in there so I searched for an hour so I was behind time at this point then I literally can't find my wallet so there was no way I could go to the place and actually pay for the juices but couldn't you as Jake Owen the guy they know the country star say hey let me just put this on my and I don't expect you to do it but I'm just saying no I thought about that but I was like man that's even weirder than just being honest with you and telling you that I can't find... I mean, right right now, I'm, I'm going to be honest. Like, It's a weird feeling not knowing where your wallet is. Oh, you don't know where it is right now? No, I have no... I've oh, looked for sucks. it for like a day. You'll find it. You know what I mean? But when I find it, I'll get you some uh, juice, man. I'll you know what's going to be... A day, though, is over the threshold of you'll find it. Yeah, but I checked my debit card, and there's been no activity. I don't think it's stolen, but if you go over a day, it means it's somewhere it's that's somewhere, out of your normal circle of yeah. cycle. Right. So it's hard to just stumble upon it again unless you remember where you went. I just constantly am losing losing things. I've told people for a long time, like I literally 
a lot of times I don't know where my keys are. I lose my wallet, but I can remember everywhere. Like on the way over here, Snoop Dogg, what's my name came on, on, on random shuffle in my iTunes. And I was just singing every word. And it's odd that you can remember things like that, but you can't remember where to put your wallet in the same place every time you come home. I'm the opposite. I can't remember a lyric to save my life. But you ha- you're meticulous about facts. And it's not even, I don't lose things. And when I do, I know where I lost them. Like I can go, oh, you know what? I lost my keys. Where would I have lost my keys? And I can go right to them without oh, knowing see, it's I there. I can't do that. It's weird. Different parts of the brain. Yeah. But it's odd. I can remember things back when I was a kid. I mean, like detailed things. And my mom, even to this day, will say, how do you remember that? I don't know. Isn't but. it funny how we remember phone numbers, though? Like as a kid, like I, I remember my best friend's phone number. Going I remember my best friend. I remember my phone, phone number. Dude, two, all, three, once. Yeah. Two, six, two, seven. Well, he may still have that. His parents may still have that nah, number. Ask for they don't have those it. people that have it now. Yeah. Okay. Well, still, somebody has that number probably. Um, but yeah, like I remember all. We don't have to though now. I don't know directions for the most part because I have a GPS in my car. And it's like, I don't know how to get places because I usually just let it take me. It's world. The world's getting too easy. Yeah. And when it all goes down, like Walking Dead style, we're all going to be really screwed. It's the people that remain. You in, think it's going down like that? Of course. I love those shows because I would love for the world to end while I'm on it. I'm talking like, about are you one of those people? I didn't see a bumper sticker on your car down there. No, there's no bumper sticker. Zombie, like zombie. Nope. Apop- <laughs> nope. All I think, this is what I hope. I hope the world ends while I'm here. Why? Because think about I don't how many because I oh, feel I like do. I'll be here while you're here and I don't. yeah dude it'd be awesome no think about wouldn't. how lucky you would be no, you know what's awesome is like palm trees and sunshine and stuff like that and that's cool and you're getting to experience that right now but think about how many people did you're, not you're, get to experience the end of the world all the people didn't get to experience that you get to experience the final st- we're, we're all gonna die anyway like we're just a blink in the earth's time just I mean not even a blink we're just like this boop goodbye. In that one blink, you get lucky enough. In that one blink of a twenty-four hour cycle, I don't know if I want to see that. Like that. I'm oh, already, it would be I, amazing. I'm, I'm paranoid right now. I can't find my wallet. It's the challenge. Like, the of, thought of like the world ending is is that that does lots to me. Man. I'm fascinated in knowing I've where I girl, would like, stand. I don't want her to, that, is, no, that's a, that is the thing. I want her to her to have a full beautiful life that she hasn't had yet. So. But think about the real Stop competition about yourself, that would be. Man. It is. Think about the competition would be just to live. Like I live for competition, all sorts. Like I, I, I feel you on that. Oh, I love it. Like that's the ultimate competition, the struggle for life against everyone all the time. And I would love to be a part of it. So you want to be a part of like Last Man Standing, of life. If it's a game show, I'm like, who cares? I mean, I'd like to win it. Like to win the extra money, that'd of be fun. Life. You want to be the last guy on earth. I want to be one of the guys running a village that's like dominating. Really? Oh, I, that that thrills me. I, mean, I get. <laughs> I, I like that you're honest about that. Yeah, though. I would love to. Be, I, I mean, like I've never thought of it that way. I'll sta- I'll sta- if I have to, I eat, I eat a human in a second. Really? I just know that I want to win, and I want to win everything that I do. And that's that the ultimate stabbing. No, no, but that's the ultimate competition. We're basically animals, right? We've been dom- we're domesticated very much so. Imagine we're not anymore. All of a sudden, boom, no GPS, sudden no like, cell phone. It's off. No power. Can you imagine what we would turn into? Animals again. We turn into dogs. And here we go. Who's the strongest and smartest dog? I might not be the strongest, but let's see how smart I really am. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I would love it. I've had many conversations about this. That's, that's like my fantasy. Really? It's the end of the world and I'm here. We have different fantasies, man. We, we do. We do. And we're messed up in different yeah, ways. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, I'm drinking an amino acid water because I didn't get any, any grapes. Do you mind telling me a little bit about like amino acids for a second? Yeah, me because I don't sleep well. They help with sleeping? They, yeah, basically <laughs> from what I've learned, and listen, every single fitness person I've ever met in my life has different theories on every single thing. You kind of collect what you believe and you kind of read science a bit. And then do what works and you, for you. And you find what works with your body. It's also with people and weight and muscle. Everybody's different. There just isn't an answer to how to get skinny or how to get... But what what does amino acids do really as opposed to like... I guess you're depleting them while you're working out. Yeah. Or what, so you're just adding them back into your system. Basically. And it's nothing where it's making me any better. It's just trying to help all the suck. Because I suck because I don't sleep. I feel like you need sleep, man. It's the single most important thing. Like it literally is more than More than working good, out, working more than out. good. In order, it's sleep, eating good, and working out. And How it, many hours of sleep you get a day? You think? Like it's it'll be. It's, it I got here five ish. This, so. this is my issue. What time will you be in bed tonight? Uh, I'm in the middle of writing my second book, so I'll have to. Write, and this is one of the Bobby cast that takes my days and makes them later. So, where I would probably start writing right now and write for ninety minutes to two hours, I won't start until seven. So I'll probably write till nine, work on the show till ten thirty. It's a late night. Fall asleep around eleven, get up at three. That, wow. And so, and then you run all day, and then uh, you know I go all day. On a normal night, try to be in bed by eight. But and then on the weekends, it throws me off. I tour every weekend, so I'm doing stand up now. And I so know, I, I want to see that. I go to I'm I'm the Saturday night in town, oddly at the Wild West Comedy Festival. I won't be here, unfortunately. Unfor- the only time, I don't know. But I wouldn't expect anybody to. You guys got to work. I'd be there. I've told you that before. I like, I love comedy. Um, but then I tour every weekend, so I'm up till 1, 8, 2 a.m. on the weekends, so I never, my schedule's never the same. I don't care about me. Why am I talking about me? So what do you do for fun, man? No, I don't, you know, I was thinking in the shower. Let me tell you. You get uncomfortable when you have to talk about you, don't you? I, yeah, I don't, I don't like talking about me, really, which is weird because I talk all the time, but I do feel uncomfortable. I feel uncomfortable with But I feel like you talk about yourself all the time, but you talk about it in a way of I things like that it you're when comfortable I can control talking. It. Like when you're that, controlling. That's which, it. That's, yeah. a, that's exactly it. I like I, that's why I it's the like Bobby to, Bone Show. Wow, I even like to amazing. control compliments because I don't feel comfortable getting complimented. So I'm much better. But at, do you like the feeling of? And then we'll get off you. You talk about talk, But do you like the feeling of? Because there is also a very satisfying feeling, which I think that's what us as entertainers like, of almost knowing that you could fail, but the feeling of of not failing is so gratifying. Like for instance, I, I don't like, like doing stand up. Like, do you know when you walk out there and any crowd you're gonna? Do you know that you're gonna crush it? Are you like? There's a chance that they might not like my jokes, but I, I think by going, I'm your competitor. You said I'm going to go into it thinking I'm going to crush this audience, but like, does it make you uncomfortable if it like if you're out there and it's not? If I'm not uncomfortable, it's not fun to me. Exactly. I so I go out and what I do and what I've been doing is working this material. And the thing about stand up is you go out. You I can't sit and practice it in my room. Right. It's like not like playing guitar. If I'm going to write a funny song, I play a funny song, I practice it, you know. Yeah. F, C, G, you know, do my little chords, play my little, whatever. You have to go out and do jokes in front of people, and you have to fail a few times before it works. Yeah. So if I'm not, a, in every set, I've got some brand new stuff I'm going to try. And I'm always a little bit nervous about that new stuff because I know some of it's going to bomb hard, and it's so exciting to me to fail. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. Like I, it, it, that's the most thrilling thing to me is making yourself completely vulnerable on stage to bombing your brains out, which is weird because it's such a juxtaposition in my life where I have, I do not have the ability to be vulnerable to humans, 
but I I search for love on stage from a crowd that I know no one. And you don't know but in real life, I, I for some reason I've not been good at accepting love. So I I feel like that's your that's your that's way it, of that's getting it. like and yeah, I'm trying to change it a bit, and it's tough because I don't I don't do good at letting people in ever. Hey man. I, a buddy of mine, he's a great songwriter. Speaking of songwriters, um, and his name is Jared Mullins. He wrote this new, and this isn't a plug of my new single or anything, but he's a great guy. And we were ta- we always talk about this. And I gotta, he gave me this book that I'm gonna, I gotta get the name of it and get it your way. Just, so, just you should read it though. What's it called? Uh, I, I, I can't think of the name off the top of my head, but I started reading it. It's amazing. And that's why he read it. Cause he's like, man, it's a book about this guy who's a comedian, and he. Had no, he because his life was all about being funny and, and being that guy, he never found the other true side of who he was because he felt like he was always a character. See, I feel the opposite. I became someone who was funny because I didn't have that other. I, I didn't start out as a character and couldn't find the other one. I couldn't find the other one, so I, I'm not a character. Well, I'm not saying. I'm just saying. But it's yeah, an interesting it's, it's, it's like self balance of for wondering. Sure. Like what? For who sure. am I to someone else? You know what I mean. Not that it matters. We but got, this is deep today. It's man. what we you, you do the same thing. Like why in the world do we try to get on and I get on the radio and try to do my little performance? Why do you get on stage to do your performance? Like why would you do that? Why? What? What are you seeking? Well, I was thinking about that a second ago. I was like, what made? What made you like? Like yeah, I think everyone thinks like yeah, I think I'm pretty funny or I'm humorous or something. But like, is it the challenge of it? Because like you being a competitor, or like, or are you like I think I'm so funny I can walk on stage and like make people laugh? Because I think I'm funny, but I don't know if I'm I could be I could do that. Because I don't know if I'm. But nobody part knows of getting good at it? until that you do it. And I sucked, and I loved sucking. And you can you can isolate that clip if you want. Yeah, yeah. But I love it was so thrilling to me to be bad at something and to watch myself grow and get better. And again, that's cool. It's like the self fulfillment of getting better at something. God, I'm telling you, it's the best. Like going out and just bombing. uh, Let's see, like five or six weeks ago, I had a really bad show, and I came off stage, and I was just like, oh, it feels so awful. Did it feel? It felt so good. Well, can I ask you? I mean, probably the worst thing that anyone that's a stand up has, because a few of my friends that. But here's the thing about me being a stand-up. Like, I don't even consider myself a real... Do I go and do stand-up comedy? Absolutely. Like, but, but do you, like, sit there and go, so, this guy, like, you're not telling jokes. Like, that's more of life stuff that's funny. It's both. Yeah, no, I write jokes. Like, I... But I don't... There are guys that take their whole career and do that. Do that. It would be like me considering myself a musician because I go play 2,000 people a night for the Raging Idiots. I'm not a musician. I'm just an entertainer. Do right. I get up and play songs and do, then do I do, do I do stand-up? Yeah. Do I do a radio show? Yeah. I'm not really great at any of them. But they're all challenging to me, and I love them. I, I'm, a, I'm a radio guy who also – probably a TV guy too, I could say. But I'm not – like there are real stand-ups. Entertaining is a great word. There are real stand-ups, and I don't consider myself in that same vein because I haven't put in the hours of just going on the road for five nights a week in dirty clubs. Like I'd started in theaters. That's it. Let's see how good this goes for, for 10 minutes, and it sucked. And that was it, and it got better. That's cool. And then it didn't. And, you know, things miss. I love it when they don't. God, I love it when they don't. What was the weirdest show? Who was terrible? No. Like, was there anything bad? Oh, well. Uh, you think, like, did you, like, re- you, like, left and you were, like, waiting for reviews to pop up? Or I do that. I don't worry about reviews because I feel like regardless, it's going to be bad. I feel like everybody dislikes me, just generally in the world. And I have to convince every person to like me because everyone dislikes me. I like dis- you, man. That's why I'm here. But I, this is how I feel, though. Everyone dislikes me. Because I've grown up 
being different than everybody else. I was the poorest kid. I was a white kid in a black neighborhood. I was the dirty kid. I was the southern accent kid trying to be on the radio that should never been on pop stations. And I got on country, and all of a sudden, I wasn't country enough when I'd always been too country. I didn't wear a cowboy hat. I, it, I was, I've never, ever been in a place where I've been the liked person. So I've always felt like the guy that's fighting, that's just punching underwater. And so, like my whole life. And so it's built into me that nobody likes me, ever. All right. And so I have to convince people, like one on one. And I know, I walk into a room, and it's not true. And I know, like, my brain says it's not true. But my heart says it is. I walk into a room, everybody hates me. And I, ha- and I know that, like, when I say those words, it sounds stupid. Logically, stupid. But that's how I feel. Because yeah. it's just how it's been my whole life. Haters gonna hate, dude. They do, but I'm also nuts. And I have, I know that. Right. And that's okay. And, I, and that's okay. And so, I've, you know, I've been to a lot of therapy. I've, and what therapy, therapy hasn't made me less nuts. I've never nuts. done that, man, but I've thought about it. It hasn't made me less nuts. It's made me see that I'm nuts and use tools to go, oh, this is you being crazy right now. Take a step back. Relationship right now, I have trouble sometimes because it's going great. And I'm, it starts to be too good. I'm like, okay. Something's got to go wrong. I'm going to kill it. I got to kill this thing. And I go, whoa, you're an adult man now too. You're not 19 anymore. So I say to myself, you have a great relationship with a great human. Don't F this up. And I have to just pull back and look at it that way. But you should, I love therapy. I loved it. As soon as my insurance was like, you can get therapy. I remember the first, I was like, therapy? Nobody from small town Arkansas goes to therapy. So I went therapy. I was like, whoa, I can tell somebody like my whatever and they don't really care. Right. And they'll just give you an opinion with nothing. Like they don't care. They have they don't see you out later in the day. They don't worry about your attitude at six PM. Interesting. I was like, Huh, this is awesome. So I, I embraced it. But yeah, I whatever. I'm, it's good to see you. <laughs> I got let me talk let me talk about it's good sleep. To see you too, man. Sleep number for one second. So spring is in the air, it's spring cleaning time and Think about when you clean your house and you're scrubbing your baseboards and you're doing all the stuff around that you don't normally do. Think about your bed and where you spend a lot of your time, probably more than anywhere else except work, your bed. And think about your pillows and your mattress. When's the last time that you replaced that? You know, you can wake up refreshed and I always say my sleep number bed is probably 10 feet from where I sit as I do the bobby cast. And a queen right now starts at eight ninety nine ninety nine. The sleep number bed, I highly recommend it, especially if you have to wake up early in the morning like me. Woo! 3 a.m. comes, and I'm happy I have my sleep number bed. Uh, it, it adjusts. You have your own setting. My sleep number setting is 30. My sleep IQ score last night was, I don't know, 90 or something. So it's all about you. Go in now and see the clearance beds and the bedding. A sleep number makes room for their newest innovations. Right now, you can save 500 bucks to 1000 bucks on selected beds, plus up to 40% off clearance pillows, too. Find any of the Sleep Number stores, 550 of them nationwide. You can find one near you by calling 800-NEXT-BED, telling me you heard on the Bobby Bone Show, and just know that I use it, and I tell you about it because I love it. I have one upstairs, and I have one upstairs here where the studio is, and I have one downstairs all the way down there too. So uh, Sleep Number Bed, just check it out. All right, so uh, like, what is your deal? Like, I, You're just not around as much anymore. Dude, I got to ask you that, man. You guys have said that to me before, and I was like, "Damn!" Like, I like, like I didn't know how to take that. Not that you were saying it like maliciously. No, no, no. You were saying it honestly. Yeah. But it like I was like, "Damn, really?" Because like you think like, dude, I've been working so like so hard, and um, probably a lot like yourself. 
you know, I, this is all I, outside of my little girl, which is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. Um, this is like all I have, you know what I mean? Like every day I wake up, I'm like, what can I do today? Like almost to a point where a lot, like you were just saying, like, dude, I, I've got people that, you know, that I work with every day that I, that I respect more than anything. But like, unfortunately, sometimes on their behalf, like they get like this side of me that's like, so like, what's next? Like I'm not, it's not that I'm not happy with what's, what's going on right now, but I'm constantly looking for what I can be better at. Like what you were saying earlier, I think that's part of just being um, competitive or whatnot, but that's all I do. And especially, uh, ever since I got divorced, you know, like I don't have my little girl here anymore. And, um, she's in Florida and, and so I see her as much as I can, but on this time off, like, man, it's weird to wake up in my house every day. Like if I'm not on the road and just go like, what am I going to do today? And most of the time I pick up my guitar and I'm writing something or I'm trying to create something or I'm working with buddies on it. And so long with all that said, like, it's really weird to think like how hard you can work and then be like, dang, really? Am I, have I been, dis- have I disappeared? Cause a part of me feels like I'm just now getting back. Like on, I think when I went through all that personally, I think uh, I kind of took a little sabbatical, you know, a little bit. But as far as like um, on the radio or whatever, like I've had a not, couple- it's not about the radio because what do I, I don't he- I don't hear that many songs on the radio. Right. One, I talk a lot. Two, if a song plays, I'm not listening to it because I have the volume down, and getting ready yeah. for whatever we're about to do. So to me, it's not even a radio thing. I just and it could have all been. I mean, you had a thousand things happening in your personal life yeah. I mean, you got freaking divorced and your kid goes away like that's gotta be like your heart getting ripped out with your kid moving two three states down that it was like we used to text all the time and all of a sudden it was like I didn't is Jake gone I don't remember talk, never text anymore I just figured you know what he's having a time whatever whatever he's happening in his personal life yeah. it's happening and I just you were just gone oh yeah so, well I apologize about no, that no 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 it's not an apology I'm, that's why I would ask like where you been like like in a good way. Like, what have you been up to? Like, yeah. fill me in. I um, I've been doing a lot, man. I, I've got a lot going on. Quite frankly, I was with a management company for a lot of years. Ended up, um, we parted ways. We we still have a great relationship, but I had like bigger aspirations as far as branching out. I love country music at, at the core of it. I love it so much, and I love um, traditional country music. But I still have this longing to want to always do more. And, uh, I love, uh, the entertainment side of things. I've always, I've always done things like hosting and that. So I'm working on a television deal right now, um, that I've got going on. Uh, I have a whiskey company that we've talked about before. That's takes up a lot of my time as far as just help promoting this brand. That's really taken off to the point where we've now acquired, uh, our vodka company. Then both of them on their, in their own right are doing really, really well. And what's weird is, is because being a guy that like, Played guitar and a barstool cover songs, anything from Sweet Home Alabama to Shenandoah or whatever. Uh, I didn't, and when I dropped out to move to Nashville, I never thought that I would be um, the CEO of of a, a company and have a lot of people working for me. And a lot, of, and the more as it started, as much as I sometimes try to play off, maybe like I'm this laid back Florida guy that just just got bare feet and goes to the beach all the time, man. Like as a man, a 35 year old man, like. I, I'm sometimes like, man, I got so much going on. Like I'm exhausted. Meanwhile, still trying to find happiness in like something or someone out there that that's bigger than this day to day life of singing songs. Is I that- wonder with that. And I don't know if you're still dating the same girl. Are you still dating the same girl? 
That's what yeah, I've been dating a girl for a while. So I gotta wonder, like after a divorce, because I'm gonna tell you after, for and and if I have a friend or I have a coworker and they lie to me, I'm like, man, like I'm out for a bit. For a, it's hard for me to come back. It, like it's a tough one. After you get out of a marriage, I've never been married. So you're talking to somebody yeah. who don't know. How do you get back into another something with someone at all? One year, three years, seven years? Like, yeah, I, I just think you feel it, you know. Like for instance, I thought I thought of that, and I did think of that when I got divorced. Um, but my dad was married um, at an early age and had my older brother and sister, half brother and sister from a previous marriage. But if he hadn't have found it again, or if there's no such thing as finding love again, then he would have never met my mom, and I wouldn't even be in this chair right here. So I found a lot of uh, solstice, or whatever you want to call it, in knowing that like, love is there no matter what. It's just about finding it in the right way and not looking for it. Like, Are you sure love? I'm not... Ca- I don't. I, even, I don't so, even know man. about love. Like I don't even know about it. Like I don't even know if it's this fairy tale people just say. Like I don't know. I'm in a great relationship right now. Best I've ever been in. Right. Well, what? What? Like, are you happy? That's the main word. Like, as a human being sitting in that chair right now, are you? Are you happy? That's what all that matters. I don't life, know. I think. I don't I, see. I'm happy. I, I'm happy. Like I feel good about saying that. Like I might not have everything in order. I might not have everything that like I wish was like the way it should be, which frustrates me. But like as I sit here, like I've got a lot of blessings in my life. Like I'm happy, man. Like I'm a happy dude. So that's why I ask you. Like I hope you're happy because like we're pretty lucky, man. But since why? I got here, I don't think I'm lucky. Why? I don't think luck happens. I don't think I think everything that I think you you work your way into luck. I don't believe in luck. Okay. I just don't believe in luck. Right. I ha- well, luck. It's like it's not necessary. You got to believe in. I mean, you think you work yourself into a heads or tails? Like someone's like heads or tails. You I get believe, this piece I, of candy. I, I think if you, like it's if luck. You flip it, enough coins and you sit there and grind it out to enough coin flips. Eventually, you're gonna hit your heads. Uh, Sometimes you hit that first one. It's about creating your own opportunities. I yeah, just, I think that. I'm not. I'm a just luck, saying. I'm, I'm thankful just not for what guy. I have in life, which makes me happy. Like I wasn't like, and I'm not not thankful. I lo- I'll be honest. Like I didn't work myself into like being uh, a dad. Like I got lucky that I had this little girl that like changed my life. Like I'm lucky that I was born. But into that a- happened to a lot of people. Like I don't think it's luck. You win the lottery, even then you had to go buy the freaking ticket. You had to go at that certain time. I don't know. You just I just yeah, I'm, but you didn't I'm plan not, that out. You I'm didn't not, work so hard to find out what time you needed to be there at the time to buy the ticket. You know, it's just luck, dude. I'm not convinced on luck. You're, You're not, not gonna convince me on luck. All right. I'm convinced you work for everything, and that your opportunities happen because of the work you put in. Well, I've de- I'll tell you, dude. I've I've been really, really successful in my life, and a lot of it is because yeah, I worked at it. But a lot of it is because I was really lucky to be there at the right time. You and- worked and got in the right spot. Yeah, and listen, a lot of it we're gonna have somewhat- different. This is different philosophies because I I'm the minority philosophy on this, and I I understand that. That's probably why I'm miserable. So you're not happy. You just said miserable. You just uh, said you don't need to finish how many percentage of the time. I've started to find I try to find bits of happiness and take those bits and really go, man, this is awesome right now before I I let it consume me again. Right. And so I'm always fighting get to the next island of this is cool for a second. And then, so like, are you a glass half empty or half full? 
kind of guy. Uh, I'm a. I don't. I want the glass to stay together and not break. Yeah, that's w- it. <laughs> I don't care how much water's in there. Like I want to keep what I got. Because I don't right. think it's, it's just like with work and my job. Like I don't think it's gonna last. I don't think this is gonna last. He thinks it's. I don't. I just don't. So everything that I have, I put it all into it, and I go save all the money I can, do everything I can because this ain't gonna last forever. And when it's not, you know, it's not, then it doesn't. I agree with you. On I'm that. not a I'm not a pessimist though. I believe you can work and achieve whatever. The, if it's physically possible, you can do it. I, you can't dunk a basketball if you're four foot one. So I say physically possible. You can't run a four. There are people that are born. So let's remove that part of it. But if it's if it is physically possible, I believe you can work and will your way to it, regardless of what it is. I think if I want to be the president of the United States, I can be the president of the United States. I'm a kid who grew up in a town of 700 people, Mountain Pine, Arkansas. No of my family ever graduated high school, much less college. But I could be the president of the United States. I think you could, if you wanted that, it may take me a long time. It may take me 30 or 40 years. But I think I could do it. And I think anybody can. Yeah, yeah, that's like dream big, you know. I believe in that philosophy. And I believe that you can work to do mostly anything. You know what I mean? There's things against you as a human that just will make it physically impossible. Well, I said physical. Yeah. That was my but, only rule. Yeah, but outside of that, yeah, I believe you can do anything. I, I think people can, and they underestimate themselves so much. Like people go, I was, you know, this is my area code, this is my zip code, this is what I was told I, I need to do. I, you, there's, there are no rules. There just aren't rules in life. Even in music, there aren't rules. And you know who comes along and makes a difference? The people that go, these aren't rules. Well, let me go do it this way. And most of them fail, but the ones that hit, boom, they are home run hitters. They make the new rules for everybody else. I agree. And let's say you and fail. I, I admire that. Let's I say think. you fail. You fail miserably. Okay, come back again. Swing again. Keep swinging until you hit. Yeah. And don't stop swinging until you hit. Eventually, you're going to hit. That's what I believe. And once you hit, you're probably going to strike out again. That's how you strike out is because you have the nuts to go and try. Exactly. So... I lo- anyway, I love to fail. That's my, like my, I love it. Heck it's yeah. not fun right when it's happening, but it's awesome to succeed a, a loss. But yeah. that's why I was like, like, I was just like, where you been? It's so, I've been just, yeah. Because you're famous. Maybe keeping that glass You're together. famous Jake Owen, though. So people expect famous Jake Owen to be out being famous Jake Owen. It sounds like you got a lot of stuff that's not famous Jake Owen stuff. Like you're running, you're doing business stuff. Yeah. Um, well, like you said, I mean... It, I think a lot of it, like you said, it's like keeping the glass together. I've got a lot of stuff going on, which keeps me making sure I'm one of these guys that can't just sit back and go, oh, well, that's cool. That's happening. I'm always wanting to be involved in it. And so it's trying to make sure that I'm that I'm in all places while still compartmentalizing each one in order to have a, a day-to-day life is, is interesting. Because I didn't, getting back to what I said, like I didn't learn that at, in school as like a business guy or something. I've just kind of had to learn this over the years, so... I've been uh, doing that. I've been making some new music. I um, what is that? So you're making new music? Like, are you working on another record? Um, not necessarily. I don't think. I'm just. Ma- I uh, had this idea based off of the way that I've I've seen music being consumed these days. That um, people, when you're lucky enough, to use that word luck, or worked hard enough to the point where people are admiring what you're doing. It's important to continue to feed them. And I feel that in a way that the the music business um, can sometimes be antiquated in the way that they're 
let they're allowing the music to come out. Especially country music, it's the worst format ever. Well, yeah, for I, for music and for for the the way as oh, fast yeah, as people are able to terrible. consume it, it's terrible. So I I've been doing all I can for people out there that love my music to give them as much as I can, you know. And and uh, if I have a song or have an idea of something, I want to. I don't think just because I have a single on the radio. My theory is this: is because there's a song on the radio that's this being pushed by the label and we're selling the album that by putting out another song on iTunes or out there on SoundCloud, whatever, giving people something else to chew on, um, only makes them like this a little bit more because it's something else that makes this more viable. And, uh, instead of the thought that this is cannibalizing this, does that make sense? Like future released an album. So here's a good example of what you're talking about. And by the way, I agree with you completely. And I think the putting out 12 songs at once album idea is awful now. I think it's, I mean, look at, yeah, I mean, look what John, what John Mayer did, first of all. I thought it was brilliant. We had time to. With the two different waves, yeah. Three. Oh, the three, yeah. And, but we had time with each of them. But in our format, it's like you have to put out a hard CD because it's still 60% hard bond. Right. We got to put out the hard album. And t- 12 at once. Is a lot to It's consume. like having two quarterbacks. Right. Even if you got two great quarterbacks, you got a bunch of great songs. People aren't really going to get to love all of them because it's, it's all at once. I always compare it to like but having Thanksgiving that... dinner three times a day. Yeah, I agree. But it's... there's a lot about it too that's always sketchy because there's a lot about. I think one reason music has become somewhat disposable sometimes, and I think you probably feel this way. Like, I love music. I'll fall in love with music, some certain new song or something. And then because music is so accessible now and iTunes or Spotify or whatever will have the newest, latest what's happening, like I'll listen to that one day and no, matter, no and don't get me wrong, what's great will always be great. But sometimes because of it, there's so much distraction that it's hard to continually focus back to one. And I think maybe that's why too, like a lot of sales have dec- declined a little bit because the more you're giving people, the, the more they're, they can't just be focused on that one album or that one thing and hope for it the next thing I have a niche theory when it comes to people trying to make it in the creative world now everybody wants to be super famous right everybody oh, I want to be super famous I want to have everybody love me oh, I want to hit 100% of the circle that's virtually impossible now it's, and it's getting even more impossible because of the distractions and it's not, they're not distractions they're just a part of the world now right they're, it's just every day we think they're distractions because we're in our 30s and we didn't have them 10 years ago to someone who's 18, they're not distractions. It's every day. So you can get more out of focusing on your 8% and super serving them than you can get out of trying to give 100% and be super famous. Right. And if you focus on your 8 to 10% and give them exactly what they want, yeah. you are going to be so much more successful than if you give 100% just a little, little bite. You got to get in where you fit in, man. And hit it and stay true to to whoever you are. Well, it's it's funny you say that because that's really what I what I've been doing um, with my music. I mean, these songs that I've been working on, I finally realized it's funny. Um, I released my last single that was on the radio. It's called "If He Ain't Gonna Love You." It had Chris Stapleton on it, uh, singing backgrounds, and uh, it was something that I really loved. I loved that song. Um, but I think it's so different from like this coastal feel that people have come to enjoy from me. Uh, there it is. You can hear Chris in the background. Anyways, I think even label-wise, people that were behind me at the time, like 
you know, they'd be lying or any of us would be lying to say that, you know, as, as well as Chris is doing right now and as well as we've known he had a greatest singer as he is for as long as we have, it'd be great to have him on a song with us and put it out. But with as great as his voice is, as great as that song might be, um, it's not really what people see me for and see me as. And I think as an artist, for the, for a long time now, I've I've honestly battled like what I really am and kind of what I want to be, and and trying to do all of it as opposed to doing what you just said, doing what I'm good at, and just and and giving that to the people that love it instead of trying to appease to everyone. And so I've even noticed it with my show, the way that our, like it's so, it's started to get so much more honed back into the way that I grew up being from Florida, the songs I loved being in a Riverside cafe and seeing this band called the land sharks come play when I was a kid, like they played Jimmy Buffett songs and it was like really kind of cool. It had a reggae feel mixed with all, it was just, it was great. And I've noticed that now that my show and my set and my songs, this new single, Good Company, like everything feels like me, which makes me happier. I don't feel like I'm trying to do something that's not comfortable. I'm going to play some of this. This is Good Company here. We in Good Company. Yeah, the only thing missing is a pretty girl sitting here next to me, kissing up on me. And I got a spot waiting on like, you. I just get happy when I, when I hear that. And Did I you get, let somebody talk you out of being you? Um, no, you know what? I, I can honestly say, and I'm not one of the, I love people's opinions. I respect everyone I work with and always have, um, like that, that just factually can't be true. You can't respect everybody you work with and you always have. I respect their opinions. I doesn't necessarily, I, I respect them as a person and, and some of the things they may have done before, but like, I respect their opinion. I think you, I think it's in order to do good business and and that's what this is at the end of the day. I mean, I can sit there and say, oh, I'm an artist. I'm going to do it my way. It's only my way or whatever. But that'd be bad business. You know what I mean for me? So in order for me to do good business with people that, that I'm in business with, I respect their opinion. And so, yeah, there were times where they their opinions were, were different than mine. Um, and then there were times that mine was different than theirs and I was wrong. I mean, there were times I was wrong. Like I released Days of Gold as a single um, and it went – it 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 went to like 15 and this was after I had like four straight number ones in a row. Um, and I think everyone puts so much emphasis on a song going to number one, as opposed to it just being a song people like, and, and, the, and you can get so consumed in this town of where a song went and if it's not doing well. And meanwhile, people out there, they don't care. They just they like, care. they just like it. They, they, don't lo- care. they, they love- don't care about the, the bubble. No. It's they- like people in Nashville in the music industry is like a high school. Yeah. I mean, it's like a high school. And it's and you have the same little club of you got the jocks and the cool people and the nerds. and the, Yeah, you're right. It's it's And there's the same gossip. I mean, it, but it's like every workplace. We think we're getting older and more mature. We really don't. Our problems just become different. Yeah. Like, we're all the same immature people. Yeah. Now we just got different bills to pay. Yeah, I still feel like... I'm constantly every day like working just to better myself. If when you ask what I've been doing and we've been chatting about a lot of stuff that kind of leads us back to this, like all I've been doing is just trying to figure out how to be a better me, dude. Every day, honest to God, because I've, I've, I've found myself in times where like I'm like, man, I'm not heading in the right direction, and I gotta redirect myself. And sometimes that, sometimes that transcends into my music or the songs I'm writing or the decisions I'm making you know 
uh, when you were going through the divorce, did you ever have a personal spot where you're like, God, this, I mean, this is really awful. Um, yeah. And I don't know about this. Yeah. Uh, you know, what's weird is, is like, while I was going through the, my divorce, um, they were down in Florida and, uh, I have this little townhouse that, uh, that I have over in Bellevue and, and, um, where my house at the time was getting renovated because we were, I was renovating it because we bought this house. I loved it and wanted to re- renovate it. So for my family, you know, to be there. And when they left, I was like under renovation. So I didn't have anywhere to go and I'd come home off the road and I was staying at this townhouse and that townhouse I have owned since I was a single bachelor and lived there by myself. And like, it was weird because I remember those days of like being 25 and 26 and whatever and being in that townhouse and like where I was at that point in my life. And when I left there and got this beautiful home with, you know, a gate and like everything that like a secluded place for me and my family, uh, I thought that was it. Like that's how it always would be. And so when there were nights where I'd wake up or be by myself in this townhouse in Bellevue, uh, literally there's no furniture in it. It's completely empty. And I had a blow up air mattress and some weed. And like, I was disappointed, man, in myself. Like, not so much for the weed thing, but I was just like, I just would like be out, not disappointed. I was just like, damn, like, did I, what did I do to like be sitting here by myself right now? Like, no, everybody thinks like, like you just said, you just said it a second ago, you're like, you're superstar Jake Owen, man. Are you supposed to be doing what superstar Jake Owen is? Then I come home off the road, like literally like the night before I'd be playing some huge festival or something where thousands of people and like they're screaming and yelling my songs and trying to get backstage. Like the thing that everyone, and then I would get home the next day and be so lonely and be by myself in this townhouse, like with a no shit, an air mattress that I would like, had a hole in it that I would like tape with some duct tape each night. So the air wouldn't come out and I would just like kind of figure like feel like I got to ride this out see where it goes like you know I was working on things obviously but that was a low that was a low point for me like where and then it was weird I'd get my daughter for a week or two uh or four days and then give her back to her mom and like it would be the highest high of having her and then she'd leave and it was back to like whoa like am I back to like a single dude again like trying to like do I need to go to a bar or something like meet a girl like or can I meet a girl because she doesn't care who I am. Like, it's got to be impossible. Yeah. At this point, I don't know how you do it. How do you meet a girl that doesn't care who you are? Uh, I met a girl, I think, that well, that doesn't care who I am, you know? I need to know what field she's in so I can make a, a, <laughs> a correct judgment on this. It's a totally unfair yeah. judgment, but I need to know what field she's in. Uh, she is in the um, home furnishing. She cares who you are, then. You think so? Yeah. And I don't think that's a bad thing. But it, at first, it's so shiny, and, and it's like... It, it's, oh, look, it's it, I think she would be the first... I mean, we've dated for a little while now, you know? And this is actually the first time I've ever said on air on anything that I've been dating. I might have told sure you, you one time. A, yeah, you said yeah, on I might show. have told but you, but yeah, like, never to anyone else, I've really talked about it. But uh, but um, I'm I'm happy, like, when I said I was happy earlier, like, I think this is a derivative of it, um, is having her... Her name's Erica, um, in my life. Like, she... Uh, she really likes like um, she likes me for me. Honestly, I can sense it. Like I'm, I'm good, and I'm like you earlier. Like I'm always looking for ways of like, nope, this is like going too right. I got to get away from this, and especially coming from what I came from and having a relationship just explode. Like, why would I ever want to do that again? 
Um, but I think there are certain times where you find yourself like, and it's not a lonely thing. It's not because I need like wanted someone in my life. It just kind of like drew me in. And there's a lot of normalcy to her, which I love. Is she so confident? Yeah. Like she, she has to be. She, yeah, she's very confident. And, uh, she's just a, you know, she's a good girl. Like she's never one time ever like questioned me about, you know, what, what, why didn't you call me last night? I know you're on the road. Why didn't you call me? Like, were you with people or what? Like none of that. It was, it's, she's just like, Hey, call me whenever. Is it, okay. Are you still honeymoon period still? Like how long? No, okay. not at that, all. That's cool. Is she, is she still romanticized by the Jake Owen on stage cool guy artist? Um, she's really proud of me. Like, I think she's proud of me because she's been around me long enough now to know that like who I am on stage is not the exact same person off stage. You know, it's a version of you. It's a version of me. Yeah, and I'm proud of that because. Some people, like, I think they can be something on stage and then be totally something different off stage. Like my, I I love being the person that is able to bring happiness to people. I love that. There's no, like, I love it. And it like hurts me inside sometimes when I've said things I don't mean to someone that hurt their feelings because I'm like, man, that's the, the greatest feeling for me is knowing that I can make someone happy. The worst feeling for me is knowing that I hurt their feelings or I did something just because I can be arrogant sometimes or I can be whatever but her like she's always seen both sides she's seen both sides of me and i and i and i admire the fact that she uh has let me be me and while i'm still figuring out how to be a better version of that person she likes interesting i kind of believe you yeah it's it's tough you have to understand it's tough for me to sit and go huh i because i would think someone would need to have an understanding job meaning they understand what you do to fully understand what you do if that makes sense yeah like they need to understand that there's all this awesome stuff but there's also a lot of crappy stuff that comes with it and just not see that right now you make a good living and you're kind of famous and that's cool yeah where if someone who kind of for example like my girlfriend she's an artist and she I, I mean like I see her grind and she sees me wake up at 3 in the morning and it's 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 tough, and I always want not her. This is one of, the, but I would always wonder like why did I would always feel like nobody. Why would anyone want to date me unless they wanted to date Bud Bones? Yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. I feel that way. And though, you're too. like three times. You're like way better looking than me. Taller, got more money. You know, there's all these things. No, I I just think uh, I'll be honest. I. I've had my share of like the whole careless side of dating and not caring and stuff like that. And then I really get like, I still love like, and I was, I, I feel okay saying this, but like, I still love my, my ex-wife. Like I don't have feelings for her, like the love of like, but I have, I have this love in my heart for her as the mother of my child. Um, but I also still like too, like I've moved on and I feel really good about caring for someone else in that way too. Like it makes me feel good to know that, someone relies on me and like if they need me like I, I would be there for them and uh, I like like kind of gets back to making someone happy too like I just love the ability to fulfill someone's need and desire for whatever that may be and uh, and, and it fulfills me you know so you're looking at me like very deep no, no I'm listening to your words that's why yeah like I'm genuinely listening and 
and taking it in here. Well, I've seen my parents. They've been married for 37 years. And I remember when I was a kid, man, my dad, who loves my mom more than anything, but, like, I see where I get this, like, like just angst sometimes. And, like, because my dad was the same way. And he would come home and he'd be like, Mitzi, you know, why did you spend this amount of money at the grocery store? You know, and, and like, he could have come home and been like, hey, guys, how are you? You know, but, like, that wasn't my dad's demeanor. Like, he had probably got a high bill or something at the office. And after working all day, he came home and... That's how we'd start the day after my mom had been cooking dinner all like half the night because we'd have dinner every night around the table. Like I was lucky, man, using the word lucky. And I feel that way. Like I was lucky to be born into a family where I could sit there at night with my twin brother and my mom and dad and talk about life and what we did at school and stuff. But I get a lot of that from my dad of like where he just gets this like, what? You know, my mom be like, I had to buy groceries to cook this food that we're going to eat right now that I've been making for you all day. And then. So there's like this, and my mom always said in relationships, it's not 50-50. Like relationships are not 50-50. She's like, there were days where your dad gave literally 2% and I have to give 98% of the effort. That's effort. interesting. And that's true. I never thought of it like that, but you're, that's absolutely right. And she's like, I have to give 98% of the effort. And then she's like, then there's days where I gave 20% of care and your dad had to get, he knew it and he had to give me 80. She's like, it, it was finding that balance. And and I, and they're right because I watch my parents and they love each other more than anything. But I I've watched them getting all out like you know matches of of not you know disrespectful but just yelling at each other like people do and 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 that's the thing. Like I've also learned too, and I'm feeling more comfortable in my life and career now talking about the reality of the things that happen as opposed to trying to pretend like it's things aren't real. You know. You know it's it's odd that the you mentioned the fifty fifty thing because it's like. I never thought of it like that. And, and it seems like every time I do one of these, somebody says something. Now, and I'll give you an example coming up in a second. But it's more like it's, it is 50-50 over a relationship, but not over a day or a week or a month. Because it may be 98-2 one day, maybe 20-80 the next day. Yeah. It may be 80. It, but it's not 50-50. But in the end, it kind of has to be over the long term. It just switches. It's like a, Yeah, it's it's like, a, it washes itself. It averages out, I guess, is the way it Wait, it just averages out. Man. It's pretty good. Yeah, I'm, I'm don't com- write that. I'm a I'm a I'm a convert right now because here I'll tell you I was talking to Ross Copperman and good we, man. We were talking about yeah we had a really good talk and he's coming to the stand up show Saturday. Just talk to him and we were just, you know you kind of get lost in these conversations and it didn't feel like there's a microphone in front of you for a while and we're talking about songs and I'm just so interested in the songwriter part of it for me like. That's why I started this thing. Was like I'm interested in songwriters and why they write songs. Artists, artists or songwriters, songwriters or songwriters. I just want to know. Like, I want to put some light in a place that really there's not a lot of light shined on. And so I was like, so tell me, you write these songs. These these guys take these cuts that aren't theirs. Like most artists, if it's fifty fifty or if it's sixty forty, they'll still go with their own song over another cut if if it, if it's close. And he was like. You're right. That does happen a lot. He said, but, you know, here's what Kenny Chesney had told him. He said, you will sell more in merch if you have a hit that's not yours than if it's a great song. Then if you have a good song that is yours, the money you'll make. Yeah. And he he was like, that's what a lot of artists. And again, he's a songwriter who isn't, an, who's not on the radio. So you got to understand, everybody's coming from an, a bias, agenda-filled place. We all are. I am, you are. Everybody is. But he was like, you know, that's what the new artist should know. 
And that's what artists should know. Like you should take outside songs from songwriters because here's Kenny Chesney who I don't know that Chesney writes anything on his records anymore. Yeah, he, he does. Uh, it's very he, little. Yeah. So, but he's not. He doesn't. It's not. It doesn't matter to him. He wants to find great songs. Well, he's a, what's yeah, and that's why Kenny's always been great. He's found the greatest way possible of doing something, whether it be a song, whether it be a show, whether it be his body working out. Like the guy does everything to a high level, and he expects a high level of uh, of everything. And, and his music, he's written great songs that were number one hits. Uh, you know, I go back. He wrote that by himself, I think. Um, but a lot like I've learned from him being on the road as many, much as I was where he was like, Jake, you, you just got to take what's the best song. And he's right because my first two albums, I wrote every song, everything. And, uh, it wasn't until I recorded barefoot blue jean night and heard the Eric Pasley singing the demo on it. I was like, man, this sounds like me. And I didn't write it, but it sounds like me. I thought... Was that get, tough for you to take an outside song for the first time and go, oh. Well, here's what a lot of people don't um, know either. Like, when you come to town, when you are come to town and you're just a guy that uh, is trying to make it and be validated as a great... Like, I wanted people in town to be like, man, have you heard this Jake kid? He's a great singer. He's a great songwriter. He's a great... All, I felt like in order to get that buzz happening... I had to write my own songs and write with other songwriters and show that I could that I could do that. But uh, and I was also with a buddy of mine who was helping me. We were writing everything together, and I was being loyal to him. And um, never realized that by reaching into the this beautiful deep well of songwriters, that you can have a hit that and and people don't care. They don't. You're people just don't as much validated know. if yeah. you have a if you because you know what's funny is I think probably a lot of people thought I probably wrote Barefoot Blue Jean Night because it was so much like me. But point but you of also this, made it sound like you too. Well, that's also yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, I, I think that's what I realized is that I had hits by songs I wrote. I had a career song by taking an outside song, which that career song started a string of Alone With You was next and went number one. Uh, Anywhere With You was the third one and it went number one. Hold on a second. Let's, let's slow down for a second. Let me tell you my favorite Jake Owen song. This one here. You mentioned Alone With You. This is my favorite song. And that's not some beachy coastal song. You know, it's just a song that I... And what's funny is Shane McAnally wrote this song and I told him for a year before I recorded it I didn't even have it on hold. I was just like, dude, I love that song. I was like, I hate the line in it. You got edge every time you call. Uh, he said, you you know what the I sang and changed the lyrics. You've got me out on the edge every time you call. You know what he said originally in this in that line? No kidding. He said, you've got me running with scissors down the hall. <laughs> yeah. You know, okay, we- and he said because he was right, reading a book called Running with Scissors. I know the book. Dude, and I was like, no, that's terrible. I was like, I can't, no. And like, I was like, I've, I don't run with, my, ever since my mom was a kid, I was a kid, my mom was like, don't run with scissors. Like, And I understand the idea of it, but like. Isn't it more of a metaphor? Now, I'm not saying the line was right, and I like the line change, but isn't it a metaphor, run with scissors? Like, it's a metaphor. Yeah, it, it is a metaphor, and, and I know it was a metaphor, 
But it, there's also lines and songs like that's the thing getting back to taking outside songs. There's so many times I hear songs. I'm like, I love it, love it, love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. What did he just say? I'm like, uh-uh. And that one thing, it's kind of like, you know, people say they're not like vain or whatever, but you might be like super into a dude or a guy or whatever and be like, I love everything about him. But, oh, my God, his one like big toe is just like <laughs> and it turns you off, right? I'm not saying I've ever done that. I'm just saying people, <laughs> people, people can be like particular about certain things and that's how I am with songs like if I hear one thing that it'll throw me off so I either have to rewrite it and then just say hey man I'll cut this song I just had to rewrite this one part but that's one thing I'll tell you I've never done you can ask Eric Pasley this and he talked about it on this really for extensively like I cannot take credit on like even if I write something within a song since the song wasn't originally my idea I can never feel comfortable taking credit for for that Eric because they set me up for the home run I just but and I didn't have anything to do with it. I'd rather give the credit back to their songwriter. That's where it's due. Songwriters, man, or songwriters have made my. I'm a songwriter, but these other songwriters in Nashville, Ross Copperman. I mean, he he produced and and uh, was a big part. Shane of my last album. Um, and without these types of guys, like I wouldn't I wouldn't be where I am in my career. I wouldn't have the things I have in my life. No way, absolutely not. So I always get give that back to them. Yeah, Eric talked for a long time about how you came into that song and fixed it to be you a lot and didn't want any credit for it. Like he was like, it was kind of unbelievable that he came in, did so much rearranging of things that made it feel like his song and never asked for anything. No, man. I just don't, I don't feel like it's right. Plus it'll all come back around one day, you know, like I've always looked at it like you do the right thing, right good things come back around. Barefoot Blue, do not number one, alone with you, number one. One that got away. One that got away, number one. I wrote that song. Uh, true story about a girl that just came to town in my small town of Vera Beach, Florida, and met her one summer, and she went away, and never met, never saw her ever again. And I thought this song actually would, like, as much Make as I resurf- tell that resurf- story, yeah. that person would pop up and be like, hey. Did you ever look for her on Facebook? No. You never even looked for her? I don't even have a Facebook, man. Yeah, but that didn't mean you didn't have a Facebook. Yeah. Like, Old Jake. Maybe Twitter or something. Old Jake, maybe. MySpace. I looked up her on MySpace. A lot of places. In our lifetime, we've got to see it all like start. Yeah. How about... Uh, well, I'll go this is Jan, too. Yeah. My Another song I didn't write. I did not write that song. I just love it. David Lee Murphy wrote this song, I think, with uh, Ben Hayslip. And... Uh, oh, man. I feel terrible. I'm forgetting the third writer on this song right now. Uh... We had a great night at the BMI Awards or BMI show that I did there. You came out the first time and introduced me, actually. You remember that? Did I? Yeah, you did. Yeah. Again, it's been. A, I've been here four years now. You did. That's when I gave you that photo, it dude. Like Twenty years. Yeah. Does it feel like you've been here a hundred years? Yeah, but I love it here. Like I moved here because I love it here, dude. I love it here. I hate the industry. I love the people, and I love the part of the country, and I love the listeners of my show because they're normal people, and I get to be a normal person with them. Yeah. I hate the music industry. There's, see, here's the thing about the music industry, and this is – dude, I could say whatever I want about the music industry, and, and that wouldn't matter one way or another as far as you know how I feel or whatever. No one gives a crap about how, what I think, but I do believe that there are so – and I think you have to admit in this – like the music industry gets a rep for what it is, but there's so many great people, dude. Like I agree. there are so many great people and so many creative I've met a lot of people, great people and so many like 
there's so many people that have helped. Like, and I keep going back to it. Like, I know because I messed up many a times. I've said things to people I should have never said. I've done, th- but it, like, and I've said things that I didn't. That weren't even meant the way they received them. That were played against me. But I've learned that, like, in a town where people and then this business, which is creative, by the worst thing you can do is be like the negative nanny of the day, you know, about the business. Because I found like it can turn against you quick. I just check out of it. You do? I have nothing to do with it. As little as possible I have to do with it. Like, and that has been my reputation. And at times it's not been good because of that. Because I just don't, I don't go to the record parties. I don't go to the fun, cool stuff. I don't go to the nothing. You'll never see me at anything. Yeah, because it just—I see you as stuff. Don't p- lie. Name one thing you've ever seen me. I'm trying to be hard. No, no. Name one thing. I challenge you. Name one thing you've ever seen me at that—that that wasn't something where I was part of, like a board. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like you had something you had to be there for, Go like ahead. a red carpet or something like Working. that. Working. Right. Well, you're saying like you can. Yeah, you came to my thing at the BMI Awards. You came because we were friends at the time. What do you mean? I'm still your friend. No, dude. no, 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 no. But I'm saying don't we're, say we're, that. we were friends. No, we've definitely had. Because we're both very. Because you're weird, dude. You're, you're the weird weirdest too. human being and you're the, ever. And you I'm are not as too. weird as you are, dude. I won't. I'm weird, I won't but argue you're with that. Fully not, more weird. Oh yeah, than yeah. I don't, I'm not arguing with that. But when you get too. But sen- you said that before on your show. You're like, no, no. yeah, we, we used to be friends. You, no, no, no. I'm like, dude. I just when been you get busy. too sensitive. No, that's not true. This is what happened one time. I, I got it. There's a few times. Once you badmouth me in a bar in Dallas to some listeners. How what? You no, go with it, dude. And I was like, dude, what's up? Like, why would you do... Because they recorded you, and they sent it to me. And I was like, dude, what? And you were like, oh, dude, I was drunk. And it was, I was like... I n- you never sent me that text message, and I don't think I ever said that. See, I just think you get too many cool people text messages. And so I was like, all right. Because I remember being like with the show, like, I don't even know what just happened. Like, why, why did Jake, like, badmouth me to everybody? What did I say? Uh, a, lot of, a lot of stuff. And it ma- but it doesn't matter. That matters to me, dude, because I never heard about it. it and now but, you're bringing you it up also- on your radio show. And so I'm, dude, I'm all about, I'm the most honest 100%. The reason I'm here is because I feel like I've wanted to know you better because. I don't let people know me that well. I get that. I read your book. You talk about that in your book. you know who knows me the best? The people that listen to my freaking show. That's the place where I can be the most vulnerable and honest. Like right now. I would right. never say this stuff Dude, to you. Dude, people ask me all the time about you. All the time. Because I'm and an artist. And that's why you get drunk, get angry. And you're I like, F drunk. that dude. You know F what? him. Dude, first off, that's I never said. in my life said, said that. That's what I said. It was like, no, F him. But I, you were so drunk. I was just like, why would Jake say that? Like, my feelings were hurt because I really like. No, like, no. I'll, can I tell you? You yeah. really want my honest 100% opinion. Because yeah, 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 yeah. you say you don't care about what people think. No, no. Everybody cares what people think. Dude, I, I one thing, and maybe, and I think over the years, like, because I didn't, like, I didn't go. If you remember, like the first time I ever met you was at the iHeart thing that you were opening up on or whatever. And the guys from the label called me and they said, you were coming out as we're the Bobby Bones show. You came to that. That's right. Yeah. And I I went to it. I went to it because not only, yeah, did the label say, hey, you should go to this to be a good thing. But my, but our mutual friend, Andy Rod, was like, dude, you guys hit it off. It's great. And like, and we, and you're right. Like you got, and it was funny because someone else had said that to me that might work with you or something or on the show. Was like, yeah, are you and Bobby like all right? And I'm like, yeah, I don't, I think so. I don't, I don't think I did anything, or maybe I. But when you're now talking about that, uh, whatever I said, the only time I can ever think of any time someone's asked me about you, they're like, how's Bobby Bones? Is that guy really good? I'm like, yeah, dude, you're a solid dude. But you do sometimes on air, and I'll be the first person to tell you, and you can hate me for this for the rest of your life. But like, you sometimes for the guy that's pimping joy, you sometimes like. 
do stir some drama well, yeah, on people. Of course I do. But like you can't be two different people. I'm you not, can't be I'm the guy human. pimping Joy and the guy but over here that's talking Mr. smack. Mr. Rogers all the time. I'm human. I'm a human being. I go in cranky. I go in so a great you, mood. Okay, so then you're respecting me then for being a human being when someone asks me, and I've said that. I'm like, you guys get this, and like maybe, but I don't even, I don't, and I would own it if I said anything that was that negative. And I appreciate the fact that you like are just bringing you brought it up to my me right now because like, I remember texting I, you about it, being like, "Why, but, why are you saying but, f me?" To but I never, people? but I never, I don't, I, I don't think that ever happened, dude. But then I got over it. Okay. But I also think that we are human beings, and we have this scale of awesomeness and awfulness and middleness, and we have all of that, and we have to, and it comes out. It doesn't matter how the best person I know in the whole world has got a dark side, right? Like the. Mo- and I'm yeah. the same way. And if I act like I wasn't, I wouldn't be honest. Like, I'm not, I don't ever want someone to go like, that's just the best dude. Because I'm not the best dude. I don't ever claim to be the best dude. I try to put out as much good stuff as possible, but I'm human as can possibly be. And flawed as anybody. I'm with you on that. So, I never claim to be Mr. And I do get that. So I was like, well, how can you be so positive and all of a sudden get ticked off? Because I'm a human being. That's where, I, that's where my, and where it, sometimes I think... When I, dude, and I, you know, I've called you before, dude, dude, like, I listen to your show in the morning, every morning, when I go to the gym, it's the first thing I turn on, I listen, number one, because I just think you guys are funny, two, I like to hear what's going on, three, I like to hear the new music that people are making, because it's the only time that I actually get to hear it, and, uh, yeah, there's been times where I'm like, dang, man, like, you said a few things sometimes, and I'll be like, ugh, God, I can't believe you said that, and but that's is, from a person that's that... like, your, I, I thought, I still think I'm your friend, dude, like, oh, no, no, I do too, I think we're, we're definitely cool. Again, yeah. we're friends again. Or I wouldn't have you in my house. Like, that just wouldn't happen. And I only, and I wouldn't even talk about this if we weren't friends or friendly. But see, or in every friendship, in anyone, anytime people have a friendship or whatnot, and ours could be through business, whatever you want to call it, but in any friendship, there's always times where someone's not fully understanding the other person or what, because, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm sorry, dude, if I said something that ever, like, made you feel weird or, or like, like, disrespected you or something because that would not be I, that's not how I that's not how I like to be I get disrespected again it's just me thinking I feel like I get disrespected by everybody all the time so that part doesn't bother me but I was like man like one of the dudes like one of the dudes that I consider my dudes and I got like put him on one hand I felt like man it was bad bad mouth to me but I, and it hurt my feelings but again you're all if you were drinking I was like how can I but still I'm human and when you say things like, man, you do stuff on the air, and I'm like, oh, that makes me feel good because that knows that I'm being real. Like, all I can ever be is real. And if I ever am not real, if I'm ever just so positive all the time on the air, that's fake. That's fake. That's not a human being. And I can't not be a human being because the only thing I have is to be real. And sometimes yeah. people, people hate me sometimes. Like, Yeah, but like... I get it, but then like there's times where you're like, every day is a good day. That's right, and day. I feel like that. Every, and so, more, but more why so. don't you look at it like that all the time? Because I, I can't look at anything like anything all the time. Really? I went and I about two years ago, I was like, I started to feel like I'm going to push out a more positive and make a difference in more people's lives, and that was my goal. And you have, dude, by all means, you, and I try, you do it a lot, and I try, and I fail a lot too. I do, I fail a lot. But you know what's funny? Come on, and this is the truth though too. And maybe sometimes why maybe certain artists all however like because it's you have in something that I believe in I think it's great and I think you know this you have you know you have it like you have an unbelievable influential power 
for people the same way they come to me because they don't really know anything about you other than what you tell them every day on the show and this and that. So people come to me or any of us as artists will be like, hey, what's that guy like? Because you're everywhere. But they kind of know who we're, what we're like through you, thankfully. You know, you're giving us a chance to go on your show and talk and play and sing. And uh, so it's kind of that thing where, like, no one's really truly know, like, you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? You're looking at me like you're confused. And I probably said that confusing. No, I don't think I've ever looked at you confused. I'm actually listening to your words. And I think this is different for you to have someone actually just listen to you. Really? Instead of just be like, oh, go and do something funny. Like, really? No, but I appreciate the fact that we brought this up, though, man, because, like, yeah, I makes like I said earlier, there's nothing that makes me feel more awkward in life than knowing that I did or have ever said something that because I've done it. I've definitely said and done things I shouldn't have said. Like the time you're bad about me, remember that? Dude, I don't remember that though. That's the thing. Like I would be I one hundred percent would be like, You're right, dude, that was messed up. But like I swear to I swear I don't even remember that. And haven't heard it, don't whatever. And I'd love if you ever come up with that to play it for me, because I'd be like, damn, dude, I one hundred percent said that. But I have a hard time like I can't like you're say in Dallas, Texas. When? I don't know. Like you, I haven't. I haven't. It doesn't matter. Like I'm actually over it. You have like, like, yeah. That's weird. Um, it was like, but it was like, a, this is like a Donald Trump thing or something, dude. Where like someone was like uh, recording me while I was saying something. Probably because people do that. People do that to me too. Really? They all kind of, yeah, they fish and it happens. But you gave me a huge compliment, and I appreciate that. What did I say? That I'm human, and I still get to come, I come across as human on the air and flawed. Because if I don't, that sucks. Yeah, well, you and do, I'm, man. And, and I'm very flawed. And if I am not, then I again, it's like I'm not doing my job. And sometimes, if I don't, if I'm well, not, you have so much to say every day, dude. That it's got to be hard, anyways. Too like, here's the thing for me: the difference. Like, I go on stage each day and play the songs they want to hear, or whatever. And each night, I do different things that make the show individually different. Because, and then there's people. That come to the like the same people that come to the shows like you like there's that that same thing you have people every morning that listen but like each day you can like you're having to talk about so much stuff that you can't always be I can I can if I want to be you could but that wouldn't be that wouldn't be why people wouldn't tune into you right you know and I'm okay with upsetting people as long as I'm upsetting them if I'm being honest and sometimes I go home and I hate myself and I go back on the other next day and I was like God I was such an idiot I should not have said that yeah. Well, and that's maybe what, that's what I, if I've ever taken anything away from your show where I like would feel like, man, that's not, that's where I, that's where I would like lie. Have I ever talked bad about you on the show? I don't think so. No, not really. But I mean like, but no, not me, but like you've said, go ahead. What? Whatever you want to say, say it. No, like, I what have I said? Who have I said about? No, about me. Like we've talked before about like when you, I've come in and you're like, yeah, Jake doesn't like us anymore. And I, like I was like, well, I don't even know what that means. Like I don't feel that. But way. here, and you know what? This is how the whole show feels about. And you. I think I feel that way because like that is my moment to be there with you guys and talk and have fun or whatever. And like I'm like, damn, because like, you felt it before I've been in your show. Like you'd be like, that was fuck, that was awkward. This, you know, this is uh, how our whole show feels about you as a group because our our show is tight. Right. Like we've been friends for a long time. Tight. Right. And so, and we fight amongst the show. Right. But it's like a family because, I mean, Lunchbox and I and Amy and I have been together for 13 years. Right. You don't stay together 13 years if you don't want to be together that long. Right. You, when you come in, everybody enjoys you so much. We feel like we can give you a hard time because we crush each other. We're yeah. on the air popping I like each other. that. I like but getting crushed. Sometimes you do. 
And sometimes we're like, "Ooh, I think he took it a little too." Like he took it a little too. Like we give it to you a little too hard because we like you a little too much. No, well, you're. I'll give you the freedom now. You know, but I think that's why. And if it comes now, knowing that, I'm like, all right, cool. If we really give it to somebody, that means we really like them. Okay. And maybe that's not translated as well by us because we just feel like, oh, they're part of the group. We can make fun of them, and that's probably on us for not letting you know that we feel like you're one of us. Ah, well, I appreciate that. But when you come in, man, we go hard because we feel like. Oh, this is one of our... We haven't seen him in a while. Like, it's our buddy from freaking... Dude, it's so weird. You don't understand. Like, I get off on playing guitar and singing songs and being the guy that knows every song. Dude, I'm... Like, I. it's funny. You were ta- you talk about... Uh, and uh, he's been on your show multiple times. You're like, God, this guy's a human jukebox and me being a competitor. Craig Campbell. Craig Campbell. And yeah. I love Craig. Greatest singer in the world. Dude, nice rainbow just came outside. Dude, it's, it's like being thunderstorming. And now, as we finish the therapy session... There's a beautiful session, rainbow. The rainbow comes The out. rainbow yeah. comes right behind your head, Bobby. Uh... But I've, me being the competitor, I'm like, nah, nah. Like, dude, I know every song. It's a man. But what's weird is, and this is the same thing. Go back to your show. Like, the girl I've been dating right now, the last one was on your show, and I forgot what it was, like, when it was a few months back. I stayed up, dude, all night thinking of a song that I could play on your show because I wanted it to be awesome because you have so many awesome people on there. But I also knew, too, like, like I was like, what could I do that'd be cool cover? Because yeah, I know you like like hearing like a chick song, but done by a guy or like a pop song, like I, tons, man. And like, it literally, like, and, I, and I've never done that in my life. Like, I, usually I'm like, yeah, whatever, I got to rate it, you know, tomorrow. But like, I stayed up all, and I was still the day when I got there, driving down there. I was like, what am I gonna play? What am I gonna play? I was like nervous, dude. I don't know why I got nervous, man. But that's an honor. I, I'd be, I would be lying if I didn't say that. And I don't know why I feel that way. Like when I go there to y'all show. This is what I think. Because it matters to us when you come into. I think we care about e- how each other feels about each other. Yeah, I mean that. I do mean that. If I'm being, if I'm letting my feelings on the let, table, there's a rainbow out, outside the window. There right is. Now, there so is. you can let it out. I think that we both like each other. I think we care about Cheers. each other, and so that puts the pressure on too a little bit. Like we want it to be great because it doesn't get to happen often. Yeah, and when it does. We want it to be the lighting in the bottle that we feel like it should be. Yeah, I agree. I think that's probably what it is. And also, you're weird. And I'm probably weirder. Yeah, and like, our mutual friend is weird too. Oh, Andy's the weirdest dude in the whole world. Yeah, like weird, like one, yeah, because he's one of those guys too. That one minute you can catch him and he's like totally like happy go. The next minute you be, he almost feel like he don't know you or yeah. you don't. You know? and, and I think that's why him and I were so good together is that it didn't matter. Yeah, it was just like you want to lock yourself in a room. Okay, cool. I'll just watch TV. They just didn't, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, we've talked about a lot, man. I told you this is a whole different thing. I got—I mean, I haven't have like the jams over here, like you know my favorite one. Who is this guy singing this song? I mean, it's you. I know. It's me, right? But I mean, like, who is Jake Owen singing Eight Second Ride? It was this guy that just—I literally—I wrote that song in Tallahassee. Uh, with a buddy of mine, Eric Durant, in a well, actually we were part of it in Tallahassee. Part of it was in a, a van driving back from Nashville. I got on, he had his tour bus, like they were on tour in a rock band, and I jumped in his van and rode back with him to Tallahassee, and we wrote that song. And then you don't even say, like sonically, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't your, sound like your me. vocals don't even sound the same. Like, no, there was a, you, you I've tra- gone through a lot. Like when I worked with Joey, who did all the Florida Georgia Line stuff and all that, uh, he actually had Barefoot Blue Jean Night was out before. Before the FGL, like, big cruise thing and all that. And if you remember, and I'm not just saying this as braggadocious. Some people hate the song, whatever. But, like, when that song came out, Barefoot Blue Jean Night, it sounded just different. 
than than other stuff that was on the radio. People, my songwriting friends now that will tell me they'll be like, man, there's times where we're in the room and people are like, man, that Barefoot Blue Jeans, something like that. When it came out, just it sounded different. Um, and luckily, when I met Joey and we did that together, he changed like my whole world, my perception of the people that were listening. Uh, not only like like visually from the things the way things change, but like sonically and audibly. And uh, so that guy was previous early stuff that was just, I don't know, man, I was trying real hard to like just to put out a song that worked. Like I think when you get a record deal too, like you in the early days, like you're so focused on trying. That's all I had. I dropped out of college. I told my parents I was going to do this. I was going to like, I was like doing anything I could to keep the glass together. And I'm still trying to keep the glass together. I don't think we ever stopped. Yeah. I don't think it ever stops. Yeah, you just, I'm just, you're constantly, I won't say I'm worried because I'm not worried about what's next in life, but I don't like the fact of knowing that like something's not doing as well as it possibly could, you know? How do you feel about this one? I love it, man. Yeah? Makes me happy. What do you think about it? I think it sounds like you. That's what, I've done interviews recently for this song and people have said to me, they're like, dude, Jake, this sounds like you. Like, oh, I'm happy to hear this is your new single because it sound, when I heard it, I was like, that's Jake. But people probably also told you that he ain't going to love you. It's like, oh, this is, we're going to blow this up too and it'd be awesome. That's why I don't trust anybody because people just tell you what you want to hear. Yeah, but I trust myself and I trust my judgment and I trust the fact that this song is just feels feels good to me, man. And it, and it, and if, it, if this doesn't work, then... It felt good to me, and I can. Re- I've told you it multiple times now, and I've told other people, so it didn't work. And then we'll see what happens then, where I go from there. But at the end of the day, I have a whole lot of fans, and I and I make a good living. Um, I'm able to do everything I want outside of maybe seeing my little girl as much as I'd like to. Um, but I, uh, I'm getting back to what I said earlier, man, I could, I honestly, I couldn't be happier in my life. Like, I don't know what I could have right now that would make me way happier than what I am right now. Like, I'm pretty comfortable. I finally realized that I just, it's okay to be me and just be cool with it. I feel like we should pay each other for the therapy session, but then we'll be back even again. So we don't owe each other anything. You know what I mean? Well, someone said to me the other day, they're like, it was an interview that I did. And this lady said, you, Jake, I remember there was a time where you were telling people, I read it in Rolling Stone, that you didn't want to be pigeonholed as just the the beach guy, the guy that, you know, that's all. And um, she was like, why? Because that's, isn't that where you're from and kind of what you know? And I said, yeah. And I was, and that looking back, that was probably not this, one of the smartest things I ever said. Hey, I've had a lot of those. And I, apparently every morning you listen, I say a lot of dumb stuff. Are your feelings hurt? No, I like it. Really? Yeah, I love it. You feel like we got real? I feel like... I'm glad you told me that about me, man, because I was wondering what was like, you know, up your skirt about me. So I feel a little better now. But now. I already told you that. But honestly, I don't think you did. But I, I for sure did. Do you I go know, to sleep I have a memory, at like 4 o'clock in the afternoon? I have afternoon. a memory like an iron freaking trap. Well, I'm glad to know. At least we got it out there. I feel good about it now. I felt good anyway. I felt good anyway. Yeah. Like before. Like I was like, you know what? I've also been able to let things go as I get older, a little right. bit more, you know. And I don't think I'm as beefy and feisty as I used to be. Still am. There's still a part of me. Well, I'm glad that you and uh, 
you and Kip like got that stuff all figured out. We did. We went to lunch. Yeah, that's cool. We, and you were talking earlier about him on a podcast. I'm like, that's interesting. Like, you guys must be buds now. Like, no, we're not, we're not buds. But I'm not buds. I'm not buds with anybody. But Kip and I got into it. I was because it was over the You've phone got thing. Buds. Like when you're buddies with people, like you tell everyone, like this is my buddy. This is my buddy. Yeah, but I don't. And then have, when you're not buddies, I don't. You're the, like, you know, I don't hang out. I have no. Do you buddies. break up with your friends, dude? Did we break up for a while? Not like we broke up. I think we probably just took a break. Yeah, I just like went out of town. Probably. Yeah. The, but again, even with the Kip thing, I on the air. And this is probably was me probably being. A, as you would say, a dick. I was like, dude, stop with the phone. It's like, stop yelling at people for Snapchatting your phone. This is what happens at a concert. It was my opinion. Was it probably rude and not polite to say on the radio and not something another DJ would do? Yeah, probably. But it's really how I felt. And he got mad at me. And again, Kip and I are both sensitive people. And so I think all of us do this for a living. If you're creative, you're weird. You have to be sensitive. So we were like, screw it. And Kip and I went to breakfast and we just talked about it for like an hour and a half. And then it was like, all right, we're good. Like, I'm crazy. You're crazy. I see why you'd be offended by this. I still stand by it, but I see why you would be. And he's like, and I see why you would say that. And I still think you're wrong. But it's like, we're in a good place. And like, Kevin and I were at John Mayer show in Minneapolis at the same time. And he was like, hey, are you here? And it was like, we're How go- good was that show, by the way? Let's talk about that. It was really good because it wasn't the hits. Totally. And and as a major fan, I don't need I don't want to hear your bodies in Wonderland. Yeah, I didn't need to hear that either. And did he, he play at the play, show you went? No, he but he played Why Georgia. He, he pl- played Why Georgia at ours. Did he, he play Neon? He did. See you didn't play that at ours. But he opened up with uh Moving On. Yeah. And getting, getting over. over. Uh we went Not the same it seems to me. Do you God. know do you know him at all? So yeah, dude. So here's what's crazy. Speaking of Andy so because of the tennis world, that's how I know Andy, which for those of y'all that are listening is our, is Bobby and I's mutual friend, Andy Roddick, who's number one in the world for multiple years, tennis, won Wimbledon, Alamomo. Uh, my best friend, Marty Fish, and Andy were, we they were lived, all, they lived together, they lived together played basketball in Boca Prep. Like we played, uh, we played tennis as kids together. I used to laugh because Andy'd be the only guy to like show up. Like all of us are like just kids playing in tennis tournaments, and Andy showed up literally like sponsored by Prince, Prince shoes, Prince racket, <laughs> Prince everything. His parents were like right there behind him. So anyway, long story short, the whole tennis world and community as they grew and got bigger, um, then Andy and Marty became very very tight with James Blake. Um, James Blake, if you know, you guys don't know, James is African American tennis player um, from Connecticut. Played at Hartford. Super, super smart guy. Retired. Actually, the same guy that was standing outside that building in New York City, and they randomly they just the took guy. him down. Yeah. Anyway, um, uh, Thomas Blake and James, who I'm speaking of, grew up in like just outside Hartford in Connecticut, right Mayer's. next door to John Mayer. So he and John Mayer grew up together. So, yes, long answer to your short question, do I know him? Um, 10 years ago, 11 years ago, he came to Gainesville to play when I was in college, and I loved, he had the inside once out little acoustic EP. Like comfortable. Comfortable, and, which is why I play that that day on your yeah. show. I love that song. Victoria's on that album, a lot of great songs. And um, he, I was told James, I was like, dude, I'm such a big fan of this guy. Like, it'd be awesome. You, you guys should all come down. We'll go to the show together. So we did, and then after the show... Uh, we went to this little coffee shop together and it was all, I mean, literally the show was no bigger than the exit in, if not smaller. And we all went out and got coffee together as at the time, John wasn't drinking or anything. It was like the straight edge part of his life and, um, interesting human being. Yeah. He's a, he's an odd duck. 
yeah. for sure. But that's why it's so nuts and awesome. Yeah. Like, and I loved the show. Like I learned a lot about it by going and watching it. Um, I love the different um, chapters. I liked the. Uh, he thinks differently. Yeah, and that's why it's great. Differently, but simply, and that's the that's the beauty of it. When even when you think of a guy like Merle Haggard, like he was different, but he was simply different. You know, there's nothing that like there's so many simple things about John Mayer and the music he makes and the and the things he plays. Because um, I love guitar playing, but I'm a huge fan and drawn to tone and 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 what you're not playing. Like what and like for instance, "Love on the Weekend" to me is a, was is the hit song of that wave or the of that album, uh, "Search for Everything." It's the hit, but if you think about it, for a guitar player like John Mayer, who's such an amazing guitar player, that was the first song that they released off that album. But when you listen to that song, other than the melody, there's no guitar solo in that song. How cool is it to be like the greatest guitar player in the world and not do what people expect you to do? Right? That's cool. I, listen, I don't think it's the hit on the record, but I do think I do get your point. But you, well, yes. it's the hit you could play on the radio, and it would be, you know what I'm saying, and be, and be just that kind of tune. It's, but I'm saying there's no guitar solo on that song. There, there isn't. You're right, and it's it's an odd song. Even structurally, it's an odd song, which is cool. Uh, what love on the weekend? Yeah, it's an odd no, song. It's not. Yeah, it's a really it's three chords. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about that, that verse, chorus, change. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, it's not. A t- you, you don't put it on the radio, and it just makes sense. I don't know. I think it feels like something like you can hear like like you ought to next. You know who ought to do this on your show, on your show next time is Brothers Osborne and get and get uh, TJ to sing. Uh, it's a Friday, Friday. Made it. Like this is the jam. Like this is Can't this, believe it. This should be on the radio. Like on the radio. This is the best. Dude, song. I do a great cover of this song. You never put, played it on the, I mean, this is like the realest song on the record. Uh, the, this one, but the really the realest one is, is in the blood. It's like, does it wash away in the water or is it in the blood? Is it in the blood? Like, are that's, you kidding? That's me? good. Um, I'm a big fan of moving on and getting over because that dude, you gotta understand, like that's a big part of me right now too. It's like moving on, getting over things. John Mayer was the first artist to ever speak to me. Really? Like I actually felt my life in his words. Ever in my whole life. I always loved music. Different music. Influenced yeah. by everybody from my grandma to the radio to nineties alternative to hip hop, everything. The first artist that ever spoke to me was John Mayer. It's because he was around the same age, a yeah. older, but around the same age, was kind of going through the same time. And I was like, he's saying things that I yeah, felt. that you yeah, like even dating back to the inside once out thing that my stupid mouth that was on there. Like, you know, how many times my stupid mouth got me in trouble a lot, and you know, there's a lot about you're right. There's a lot about his music that's. And that's why I specifically, I mean, dude, I had a day, two days off. You think I want to travel on my days? And, that's, and it's only two days I had we'd off too. And I took, I took my girlfriend. I'm, I just said it. I have a girlfriend. I took her to Chicago to go see that show. And it was awesome. It was amazing. And the last song when he comes out, on the it, piano. it's all white. Yeah. The screen's white. Everything's he, like, white. He shows it. And then he walks through the door and leaves. Yeah. And it's over. And it says the end. And then credits run. It's a, no, it's crazy again. It's crazy. I don't yeah. know, run the whole. I thing, feel but. like his. I mean, I feel like he could maybe like his wardrobe was a little weird. Like he had like an oversized. Looked black like he got like a black with a t-shirt. Uh, yeah, it, it looked like little... he got his like sport coat from like the thrift store. Like it didn't even fit him. You know what I mean? But again, he's weird. But then again, like awesome. if I could play guitar like that, dude, I just. That's that, why you like Lindsay, isn't it? She plays all those John Mayer songs for you, and 
She's a great guitar player. That's not player, why dude. I like her, but here's her, her thing was she wanted to know, because we went back to see him before the show, and she was like, and her favorite artist is John Mayer, too. Like, Keith Urban, John Mayer, Brad Paisley are like the three biggest influences on her. Although I've been, I've been trying to get her to say Dimebag Daryl in an interview, just to say it, because I think it would be so funny if I were to throw a Pantera reference out there. I'd be like, come on, I'll give you $100. Just when someone interviews you, would be like, Dimebag Because they, al- they always ask her, and they're like, who are your influences? She's, she's like, Keith Urban, John Mayer, Brad Paisley. I said, please just say Dimebag Daryl once, because he was hardcore. He got shot on stage, remember, two and killed. But he was like, <laughs> I was like, nobody even knows who that is, but please say Dimebag Daryl. So if you ever hear that, know that I put her up to it. But she wanted to know the pedal he used on Rosie on the new oh, album yeah. and she didn't want to ask him she didn't want to be a nerd and I was like ah ask him who cares so back we're talking whatever I'm like hey guys like him love to talk about that kind that's of why stuff. I, that, I was like Lindsay what if someone asked you about a pedal or a tone you would want to talk for 30 minutes about it yeah. and I was like hey so on Rosie what pedal was that and he started talking about it he could have been talking Mandarin to me I had no idea what he was saying but he was like right he was really into it and he was like it envelopes the sound and He's talking to him, and I'm just glad he didn't ask a question to me about what, because I had no idea what he was saying. And she's back there just listening, thinking everything. Like I get the pedal, she's like typing into her phone, and so we, we whatever. And he's he's about to go on, and we leave, and whatever. She's like, oh, I was like, if you find somebody, I don't care who they are. It can be Frank and Bono, or it can be the guy that's right down the corner. If yeah. you find something they're into, and you ask them about it, they love to talk about it. Exactly. And he loved it. And she watched him just nerd out over the solo and Rosie. And I was like, if someone asks you about a solo, don't you love to talk about it? Because you sit here and she's music theory, Berkeley, like she's a genius kid, like prodigy, works, just all she has is sitting in there and play solos for three hours at a time. And I'll, I'll be at the house and she'll just be sitting down there on the couch playing solos and do, I don't even know what she's doing. I'm like, what if somebody asked you about this? Wouldn't you love it? Yeah. Like, he's a human. Yeah. We're all humans. Searching for everything. I've seen him. He's, I, he's, you talk about us being weird. He's a weird dude, too. But you have to be weird to be special. That's totally what being weird. special is. Totally. So, yeah. All right. Um, it's my, been fun, this man. Has been a, it's been a, it's been a, we worked through a lot of stuff. Yeah, we did. It was good, though. Like, next, I told you I'd never been to a therapist before, but I think I have now. Next time, bring juice. Yeah. I think that's what we learned. Right, Mike? Yeah. And would it be fair to tell you, too, that probably because I've been drinking a lot of water lately I'm yeah. trying back on my real hard health kick like I've had to pee for probably 30 minutes but I didn't want to say that you could have walked off and pee Listen, yeah but like with live stuff going on and, and this is a this, it is what it is like, we're humans yeah you're right gotta get back to that like you told me I'm human that's right alright thanks man so wait did you have a good time I had a great time yeah hold on I gotta wait I got too many things going here I still don't know how to use all the equipment yet like we built this thing with our own money, by the way. We don't really know how to use it at all. All right, that's it. Episode what? Yo. Three. 50 what? Three. 53. 5-3. Five, three. Thank you. Mike D. Uh, and you can download Good Company from Jake Owen. Or if you listen to this in like a year from now, whatever song you got right now, it's my favorite song of his. So I like that's that one right. too. Yeah, it's great. It's a really good and I'm, and I'm I'm plugging myself right now, but uh, I am playing a Sind Amphitheater next Thursday night. That's true. People that's a big deal for me. It's a Nashville show. It's, Nashville yeah, it's shows hard, are tough dude. You know because nobody like, cares in Nashville. Yeah, and it's like everybody's coming to judge and, and, and uh, want to see what you got. And I'm really proud. I'm very, very proud of what I've put together over the years. And I honestly cannot wait to play for Nashville. So if you want to come out, come on out and see us play. I'm, I'm That'll be Thursday. It'll be the most special. Because these things aren't. Thursday, April 27th. There you go. April 27th. Jake going to Nashville. I know that's a big show. Um, that Nashville thing's weird. I, like, I'm doing stand-up at, at Nashville, and it's like everybody from the industry wants to come so they can 
I don't know. Just I don't see know if you're good. I did, I no, that's know. why they're coming. They want to like, I, I want to see if he's good at what... I'll, I heard he does comedy. I like comedy. I just want to go and see if he's good at it. And that's the thing. Like, people are like, eh, I like songs. I, I like Jake. I like going and drinking free booze. I, like, I'm going to go see if he's really good at what he does. And I, yeah, I am. <laughs> I'm a baller, dude. There we go. <laughs> see you guys. All right, that's it. We'll see you next time. That's cool, man. <laughs>